We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Chicago Bears select... Welcome to Picks for Polls, presented by The Bear Report. Your number one source for everything Chicago Bears draft news, analysis, scouting reports, and more. Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, making their way to the podium, Andrew Freeman and Usaid Koshal. Welcome to Picks for Polls, a Chicago Bears draft podcast presented by the Bear Report and Blue Wire Pods. My name is Andrew Freeman, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Usaid Koshal, recording here on a Tuesday, a wild Tuesday here in the Chicagoland area for those who are living here. Um, just crazy. We're, we're, we're experiencing the weather event of the year where we have thunderstorms, tornado warnings, winter storm alerts, snow alerts, all going on in the same at the same time. I mean, is that like not the most Midwestern thing that you could think of? Um, I, I just, I really can't think of anything else right there, but um, you know, we're excited to talk today about um, some scouting combine stuff that's going to be going on, some bears news some some rumors that are going on right now. Uh, just a lot to get to today. Um, and before we get started, you say it, how are you doing today, man? Yeah, man. I mean, I'm doing well, you know, it's crazy because it's been about two weeks since we last recorded an actual episode and a lot I think has, you know, certainly changed for, the bears in terms of kind of what we've been hearing, but also just what's going on across the league in general. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a ton to talk about here. And before we get into, I should say, like you talked about us taking a couple of weeks off here. I will say like, that is mostly on my end, you know, been busy uh, with uh, transition, making a move here uh, to a new place. So been busy with that. So that's why I've been kind of quiet on social media recently, kind of, have been involved with the podcast and writing as much, but I, I'm really ready to get back into it because uh, whether it's the scouting reports that I have lined up, whether it's this podcast and some of the stuff that we have planned over the next few months, it's really going to start to get get going here for draft season as we get to the combine and a lot going on at the combine already. We we have a ton of rumors going on. We have you know polls and Eberflus had their press conferences earlier today uh, where they went through um you know some pretty important stuff here so let's just start right there with the pressers uh from ryan poles and matt Eberflus. ryan poles especially um i should specifically i should say um you know the first thing he kind of touched on here when, when he was asked 
um, with the Jalen Johnson extension. Uh, this is something that has been kind of talked about over the last few weeks. Um, you know, it's been expected that the Bears, you know, they're going to try to, you know, keep Jalen Johnson in here for the long term. If not, he's going to be tagged. You know, Ryan Pohl said today that, you know, he would like to avoid the franchise tag and try to get a deal done. And from what, based off of what Ryan Poles kind of said, it sounds like a deal isn't too far off. You know, he was even, you know, going into some specifics about like how he felt like the cash flow, um, you know, based off of what how to negotiating is, is pretty strong. Guarantees will be pretty strong for what they're offering. Um, so it, it sounds like it really, this thing could be done pretty soon, pretty quickly, which is very exciting because Jalen Johnson, you know, coming off a season where he was one of, if not the best cornerback in football last year. And to have that guy to build around in your secondary long-term with all the other young pieces on your defense. I mean, that's an exciting thing to have for this Bears team that is really looking to take that next step towards winning more games next season. It's a significant step when you look at where the Bears are at because you ultimately start to look at this defense. And again, you know, my argument all offseason has kind of been you invested a lot of big money contracts. You obviously went ahead and freed up some money letting Eddie Jackson go. And so at this point, your defense is pretty much set. And, you know, Jalen Johnson is this incredibly intriguing case study because he now becomes the longest tenured player on the defense right that title was held by eddie jackson for so long and then the bears moved on from eddie jackson last week i think it was and now all of a sudden boom it's basically jalen johnson's defense like we talked all the time about jalen as a first second year player how kind of he was emerging and coming into his own you get to year three where again he had a really good year but then he still needed to take that massive step forward and he proved that in 2023 that he would certainly be a stud cornerback and a lockdown guy for this team and so Jalen is one guy who he's made it very clear, hey, I want to be in Chicago. He has made it really clear that he wants to be a part of this team long term. He's really respected in the locker room. And now it just ultimately is going to come down to, at least from my perspective, can Ryan Poles kind of close the door on an extension and finalize it? Because quite frankly, we've seen the Bears under Ryan Poles with some of the negotiation tactics over the last few years. And yet it's very clear that um, Poles does tend to get somewhat stingy sometimes. Yeah, that that has certainly been a trend here with Ryan Poles in his his negotiations where, you know, he is definitely going to try to structure these things as team friendly as possible. You look at a lot of structures of their big contracts. They're very team friendly in terms of not really large signing bonus. They're being prorated. You know, strong guarantees, but um, they have outs in these contracts that they're able to get out of. So I am kind of curious to see, you know, what they're kind of using as the template for this Jalen Johnson extension. You know, is he going to be getting the top of the line deal? Is he going to be kind of more in that middle range where maybe he's not getting upwards of 18, 19, 20 million dollars, but he's more in that 15 to 16 range? I would, I would imagine he's more in the 19, 20 million dollar range. You know, for, for reference, uh, Trevon Diggs. Um, who just got, you know, he was picked right after Jalen Johnson in his draft class, you know, had an all-pro season under his belt. Um, he signed a deal last offseason with the Cowboys for five years, 
I think like 97 million, something like that. Like it was about 19 and a half million dollars per year. I would imagine um, Jalen Johnson probably comes in around there. You know, he had about $42 million guaranteed in total guaranteed money on that Trayvon Diggs deal. So I would imagine it's probably somewhere in the line of four years, 19 and a half million to $20 million per year with the salary cap spike, you know, probably looking at 45 to $50 million guaranteed, which I think is a fair deal for both sides. And, you know, polls can, can structure this thing where they can get out after two years. And what I like about, you know, bringing Jalen Johnson back is that it really, I think helps kind of the secondary. Well, obviously it helps the secondary, but the roles are, are much more defined. I think with the young guys you have where Kyler Gordon can be that true slot guy for you as that nickel nickel cornerback, you know, Tyreek Stevenson can continue to develop as that number two corner who can play more of a, have more of a playmaking role where he's, you know, focused more on getting interceptions and, and forcing turnovers. Whereas Jalen Johnson can be that, that shutdown guy that teams don't want to really throw to on the other side of the field. Um, so he's a, he's a big part of this defense. He's a great scheme fit. Um, we know that he's a great culture fit for what the bears want. Really liked guy in the locker room. You know, this is a deal that I, I, am really excited if they can get this done. I really like Jalen Johnson again, has he played at this elite level his entire career? No, but he's been a very solid player. He, you know, really broke out last season. And I think you should be rewarding your hometown players when they have those big seasons, especially at a premium position like cornerback. Um, and to me, it just it makes with all the other needs the Bears have this offseason and going into next offseason, right? Like the last thing I want is for you to like make a need where you don't need to. And yes, there is some young talent on the roster. Like, you know, we know that Terrell Smith can uh has looked like you know he's got some upside too as a as a developmental corner, but you have an all pro caliber player in the building. Just keep him around long term. Pay him what he's worth. You got the cap space to, to use right now, and to, to me, it's it's a no brainer sort of situation. So we'll see what happens. You know, I, I my personal opinion is that this gets done by the end of the week here uh, with the combine going on. Um, that's kind of the feeling that I get. I certainly hope that I'm right um, because I'm sure that Ryan Poles wants to get this locked in before um, free agency starts where he wants to have some clarity on, you know, what his spending capacity is going to be going into free agency. So I'm really excited for the Jalen Johnson news. Um, it sounds like that deal is going to get done, but the other big news coming from Ryan Pohl's presser and, you know, Matt Eberflux as well, if you want to get into his comments, because he had some notes to share on this and, and that's the whole quarterback conversation. You know, obviously it's, it's not going to go away until a decision is made. Um, but Ryan Pohl's, you know, Definitely did a, a a good job if you look at his initial comments of, you know, kind of not tipping his hand in any direction. But my opinion here, and maybe it's just me kind of seeing what I want to see here with this, but I think if you read between the lines, I think it paints a very you know, clear picture of what the Bears are planning to do at the quarterback position. To me, you know, Ryan Poles did not really commit to, you know, Justin Fields. Um, did not really commit to taking any one quarterback, but to me, it, it seems like the Bears are gearing up to take a quarterback high in this draft and move on from Justin Fields. You know, what was kind of the, the sense you got based off of Ryan Pohl's comments? I mean, it was about as Chicago Bears-ish of a press conference as you were going to go ahead and get. And, you know, just some clarity here, it's like the last time we even talked to Ryan Pohl's was basically five 
well, six to seven weeks ago at this point when the season had officially ended. I think ultimately you look at where the Bears are at. You know, they've been in information gathering mode as Ryan Poles just loves to go ahead and use, which a little bit of a side note, the Ryan Pace buzzwords were we're going to be aggressive. The Ryan Poles buzzwords are we're in information gathering mode. And so it's, it's, it's interesting because from Paul's perspective, he came out and he was basically like, hey, we know it's a unique situation. We want to go ahead and make sure that we're being transparent with Justin as to what we're doing. We want to go ahead and do right by him. And there's no, I should clarify this here, there's no bad blood between either sides because both sides do understand the significance of the fact that this comes down to basically being a business decision. But for Ryan Poles, I mean, if you read into what he was saying, it's evident that they're ready to take a quarterback. And it's tough, right? Because I said this on Twitter last week, and I'm going to say the exact same thing again. Number one for the Bears, they don't really know what they truly have in Justin Fields. Number two, you have a guy in Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus. They weren't even around when the franchise drafted Justin. They can certainly play the card of, hey, we tried to make it work with Justin for two years, and it hasn't necessarily worked out. And so it's not hard to see why they would actually want to go ahead and move on. And then number three, and again, I know I've been saying this all offseason on this podcast, but I just have to bring it back to the timing. The Bears' moves this offseason need to be about building up the offense, and part of that is figuring it out at quarterback because, quite frankly, through all your information-gathering mode and your evaluations, if you have come away with the fact that Justin's not the guy to take this team forward, well, then it's probably time to reset that rookie quarterback window and just the window on offense in general because they have some solid pieces in DJ Moore and Cole Komet and Darnell Wright, Braxton Jones, a couple guys that are ascending. Again, the backfield, you know, Roshan Johnson's a guy who, again, didn't really have opportunities, but the Bears need to basically figure out what they have in the quarterback position. And the way to build this thing out to be a long-term winner is get yourself a quarterback that is going to be in a stable system from day one. And last point I'm going to make here for everyone who's like, well, running back with Justin, if he doesn't figure it out in year four, then take a quarterback next year. The reality is that you're probably not going to be picking at least your own first rounder is not going to be a top five or top 10 pick next year. And then the second thing is ultimately this is you don't know what next year's quarterback class is looking like. You're a franchise that has a reputation of making decisions a year too late or a year too early. The time is right now. So go ahead, pull the trigger, get something done. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, I, I can't imagine Ryan Bowles would decide to skip with Justin Fields with the idea in the back of his mind that if it doesn't work out this year, that he's going to be looking at quarterbacks next year. I think, look, I mean, let's just be real here. The Bears were given a gift with the Carolina Panthers, you know, getting the number one pick, getting the Bears the number one pick for a second year in a row in a draft class where it's a really talented quarterback draft class where you have, you know, obviously Caleb Williams is considered, you know, by many scouts to be a borderline generational talent. I, I wouldn't go like that far in my evaluation. I think he's like pretty dang close to that tier of a prospect, but like, like Caleb Williams and Drake may two guys that would, that are clear cut number one pick sorts of prospects in a- any other year uh, in most draft years, I should say. Um, besides, you know, maybe some of the other top guys like Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, Andrew Luck, like some of those top tier prospects, you know, Drake May and Caleb Williams are, would be ahead of most other quarterback prospects, um, you know, in recent history. Um, you know, you have some depth in this quarterback draft class as well. And, you know, for the Bears to get the number one pick in this year with this, with this draft class, with this choice of quarterbacks to go after, you know, it's very hard to say no to that. And, you know, the idea that you're going to, you know, play it out with Justin Fields for one more year when you have the chance to reset the quarterback clock, like you said, and get one of these guys, one of these dudes who, who by all indications, by whatever, whether it's, you know, film analysis, whether it's traits, whether it's an, you know, analytical kind of trends for these guys, Everything is pointing to a lot of these, you know, these top quarterback prospects and, and Drake May and Caleb specifically as being upper tier prospects that more than likely than not are going to work out with the upside of being a, a superstar talent for you um, going forward into the future here. So to pass up on that, like you got to be sure that Justin Fields is taking that next step next year and that you're going to commit to him as your long-term quarterback, you know, not only with a fifth year option, um, but with a contract extension. And I find it interesting that like in this whole conversation, the topic has never come up about extending Justin Fields' fifth-year option, whether it's been from the media trying to bring that up or Ryan Poles and Matt Evers, they've never really volunteered that um, information in terms of what their view is on the fifth-year option. But the fact that they're not even bringing up you know, extension talks and fifth-year option talks is really telling to me that you know they're not really – sold on committing to Justin for the long term. And I don't think it's an issue where they don't like Justin. You know, I think they really like the guy as a person. I think they like him as a worker, as a leader in that locker room. I mean, there are a lot of positive traits with Justin Fields, um, you know, on the football field and off the football field. But I think for the Bears, it's it's a business, right? And if you're Ryan Poles, right, you look at Justin Fields and if you're really evaluating his play objectively, right. You know, he's playing at about that level of a quarterback where he's probably what the 18th, the 20th best quarterback in the NFL right now, you know, who brings you elite rushing ability. Um, But 
as a passer, he's still well below average in many stats in many analytic metrics. And the film doesn't necessarily back up his, you know, abilities as a all around passer as well, even though, you know, he's got a great highlight reel because he's got a strong arm. He's a great downfield thrower. Um, you know, all those things that you know, have a lot of Justin Fields fans and, and a lot of bears fans excited about him and had been excited about him um, when he was drafted by the bears. Um, but look, this, this past year was the year where Justin Fields needs to really take this, you know, job by the horns here and, you know, really prove himself as the no doubt, no question franchise quarterback. And I don't think he did that to the point where you can pass on one of these young quarterbacks. I, I just don't. And you look at the way this, this bears roster is trending where you have, you know, you've restocked the cupboard in terms of your draft picks. You've got a lot of young developing talent on the roster already. You know, you've got cap space. Um, you've got key guys that you got to extend here in the next few years. Like it just makes too much sense to just reset the quarterback clock see what you can get for Justin Fields and go on from there. And I think, you know, this is going to be a big week for where I, I, I think the bears, Ryan Poles has said that no decision has been made yet and that they want to make a decision as soon as possible, but they're, they're not going to rush it, which I don't think it's counterintuitive, but um, I, I think the message there is clear is that they're going to have the opportunity to speak with these quarterbacks, Gil Williams and Drake may, especially um, sit down with them one-on-one, you know, get to, you know, get to know them a little bit better, um, get a better feel for them. Cause I think they know what they're, they're getting from an on the field standpoint with that evaluation. It's more so about getting to talk to them and getting to see if, you know, things kind of click from a personal standpoint. And I think if they feel good about that there, I, I, I my expectation is that they're moving out with the quarterback and, you know, Ryan Poles said that again, he wants to make this decision quick. What that's telling me is that like, for teams that are that are looking to trade for Justin Fields or that you know want that are interested in Justin Fields, come get us an offer, right? Come get us an offer now because we want to get this done before free agency. We want to make this decision quickly so that we can move on, and you know that'll affect our team building strategy for the offseason. To to me, that that's kind of the message that I got from um, that portion of the press conference. Yeah, it is this incredibly kind of polarizing debate right because you're right to an extent like we've heard the arguments for hey let's bring back justin and let's run it back with him but then also the one thing that needs to be said is that there's it's tough to say hey you know pick up the fifth year option for all the people that want to run it back with Justin Fields, hey, sign him to a long-term deal. When in reality, I mean, you can't really have those discussions until the franchise figures out what they're going to do with him. Like if they go ahead and commit to him, then all of a sudden everything from that point onwards becomes, hey, we're going to go ahead and we are going to, you know, pick up or decline the fifth-year option. And then from there, we'll get into contract talks. Whereas when everything's up in the air, that fifth year option talk kind of becomes irrelevant until the franchise figures out what they're doing at the quarterback position. That isn't to say like they shouldn't be focusing on it at all. Like they should figure out if they commit to fields that he's going to be the long-term guy. And what does the structure of that next contract extension look like? Cause quite frankly, he should probably be signing a deal closer to what Daniel Jones got last off season compared to what a Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert or Jalen Hurts got last year 
But then again, you know, you can't really sit here. And even from a front office perspective, you can't sit here and be like, yeah, he's definitively the guy because he's not. Because if he wasn't, I'm sorry, if he was the guy, then you would not be having the conversation. And the conversation would be, hey, you know, what are we trading for the first overall pick? Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, again, it's to me it's really telling that the, the Bears aren't making any clarified stance on who the guy is here, right? It's very wishy-washy in terms of their messaging, which if it's wishy-washy with the guy on the roster that's in question of you know being on the roster, that probably means that they're moving on from him at that position. That's the feeling that I get. And I think it's really also telling that Ryan Poles made the statement that you know he wants to do right by Justin as well in terms of communicating with him and I'm sure trying to get a deal done as soon as possible and also setting to a place where he can be successful as well. Um, that also plays a part in this as well. And we've already gotten some rumors that the Falcons are going to be interested in Justin Fields. The Steelers have made, you know, it sounds like have made uh, contact with the, with the bears about trading for Justin Fields. Um, you know, we've heard about the Patriots potentially being in the mix, the Raiders potentially being in the mix. Like there is going to be a market. I don't know how much, you know, Fields will get on the market. Um, but ultimately like to me, this is all with some of the rumors that we're hearing, some things that we're hearing to me, this is all culminating in, you know, Justin Fields' time in, in Chicago is likely done. And from that standpoint, we're moving, we got to move on to, you know, discussing, you know, the conversation at the top pick now, where what did the Bears do at number one overall? Because, you know, certainly the logical thing and most national guys and, and many reporters, guys who are too, you know, keyed into what the Bears have done, you know, recently um, are saying that, you know, the bears, it's likely that they're just going to be taking Caleb Williams at the top of the draft, that they're going to get their information this week, but all signs point to them taking Caleb Williams number one overall. But we also get some rumors out there as well at the combine, which, you know, the combine is always going to be rumors flying around because this is where everyone's meeting now in the NFL uh, landscape where all your front office people are in Indianapolis. All your coaches are in Indian Indianapolis uh, media guys, big big name guys, local guys are in Indianapolis, and they're all going to be talking to each other, right? So you're going to hear some things. Um, we've gotten some rumors that you know the Bears, you know specifically Washington, is going to be aggressive. This isn't anything new, but um, it, it has ramped up a little bit with the combine going on. That Washington is prepared to move up and you know try to be aggressive moving up to get Caleb Williams at number one overall with the Bears, basically just swapping number two and number one overall. Um, And to me, I find that very interesting if the Bears decide to go that route uh, because, you know, it it would be something to move on from Justin Fields and then not take the number one quarterback on most people's boards and kill kill Williams, getting the draft pick capital and still taking a guy at number two overall. You know, it's an odd – it hasn't necessarily – not something that hasn't happened before in the past. I think the biggest example of this is – Eli Manning and Phillip Rivers, if everyone remembers where uh, the Chargers, they took Eli Manning first overall, and then they swapped picks with the Giants 
um, for some draft picks and they took Phillip Rivers with that selection. That's probably the last time this has happened and actually worked out for an NFL team. Um, but it's just a very odd situation because this isn't really something that happens. And even in the case of Eli, like Eli had to throw a hissy fit and basically say that he wasn't going to be playing in San Diego with the chargers for that to happen, which I don't think is going to happen with Caleb Williams personally. So, you know, do, do you think there is anything to this rumor with Washington? Do you think, um, you know, there is the possibility that the bears decide to move down to number two. And if they do, like, what do you think the plan is there? Do you, you know, who, do, who are they going to be targeting? Would they trade down again? You know, what, what's kind of, you say, what's kind of your take on that whole situation? Yeah. So it's, 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 it's okay. So it's a lot to unpack and it's a lot to unpack specifically because Ryan Poles has two times his offseason now kind of talked about, well, we need to get comfortable with the person. And that means to me, like, you know, what, J.J. McCarthy, Jaden Daniels, Drake May, and Caleb Williams can do on film. Like, they've shown it over the last couple of years at UNC, Michigan, LSU, Arizona State, and North Carolina. And so it's not really, you know, all about who they are as quote-unquote football players. They need to kind of figure out who is the person in Daniels or Williams or May. And so I look at this and I say, yeah, you know, it's a legit possibility. Like, there are... um there's some rumors, you know, that Washington could potentially trade up to first overall, which would make sense because they just hired Cliff Kingsbury as their offensive coordinator. Cliff Kingsbury was a special projects guy slash QB coach at USC for with Caleb Williams this past season. So it's not something that's completely out of the realm. And then on top of that, you have a general manager in Washington in Adam Peters who was part of the 49ers front office when they comfortably traded three picks to move up in order to take Trey Lance. So in terms of this whole thing, like I would not be surprised to see the bears go ahead and bypass Caleb Williams or Caleb Williams essentially bypass the bears in favor of a guy like a Drake may or Jaden Daniels, because the issue with these three who are going to your big three is that they all have these vastly different play styles and teams are going to have them ranked one to two to three based on where they see them fitting inside the offense. Now you have Caleb Williams again, a guy who's like six feet tall, kind of a smaller quarterback, kind of a guy who again does a lot of different things off script, out of structure, really makes those crossbody wild throws. You know, those throws that you look at, where the ball should have been going to the front side of the play, but it's now on the back side of the play. And then you have a guy like Drake May, who again is a little bit bigger in the pocket, about six foot three, six foot four, you know, bit of a bigger quarterback who, you know, has played against some really solid competition over the last couple of years, he's been really consistent at North Carolina. And then you look at Jaden Daniels, too, again, a guy who's kind of a late bloomer, burst onto the scene in 2022 when he transferred from Arizona State to LSU. And so it's 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 kind of this conundrum where fans have driven themselves into this kind of corner where it's Caleb Williams or bus and the reality it should not be Caleb Williams or bus because a lot of the generational narrative was created by fans and media people it needs to be more so like we're gonna keep an open mind which quite frankly the Bears need to do that anyway throughout this process. Yeah, I mean, the Bears absolutely have to do their due diligence with this and not rush a decision because this is the most important decision um, of Ryan Pohl's career, absolutely. 
but it, potentially for this Bears franchise in general. Uh, when you look at um, just where they're at in the development of this franchise and this roster, you know, with a pivot point really is here with where things are going to go. Like this, this decision impacts the next decade or so of, you know, the success of your franchise. So you have to get this right. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I ultimately think, you know, Ryan Poles has a good idea of what he wants to do here. It's just a matter of, you know, you know, using this last week as due diligence um, to get what he needs to feel comfortable about making that decision, whether it's taking Caleb Williams at number one, whether it's moving down and taking Drake at number two and, or whether it's moving on, you know, to Justin Fields and just sticking with that, which I we've already established. I don't think it's probably going to happen. I think it's going to be one of these top quarterback prospects. You know, I'll say this, I'll, I'll put my personal opinion to this because ultimately here, in my opinion, there are two options, right? The first option is you take Caleb Williams at number one overall. He's, you know, the consensus number one quarterback in this draft. He's going to be spoiler alert, my number one quarterback in this draft when it's all said and done, you know, if you, you can read my scouting report on him on the bear report, um, you know, I'm not saying that he's a perfect prospect and everyone, you know, a lot of Bears fans, especially guys who are really attached to Justin Fields, like to use this generational moniker against Caleb Williams and use that against him um, because they'll, they'll point out things like, you know, oh, he played bad against Notre Dame or look at his stats against good teams. Um, look at, you know, some of the turnovers he has. You know, his play style is the exact same as Justin Fields. He's not generational. They use that against him, whereas, you know, you should really, really looking at it is just like this guy is talented enough and good enough to where a lot of scouts are willing to put that tag on him, you know, at some point, right? And whether he's lived up to that or not, to me, it doesn't really matter because at the end of the day, he's still an insanely talented prospect who has just the type of physical talent that you just don't really see come out of the draft in a very long time. He's just got, you know, the arm talent is just, is off the charts. Um, the playmaking ability is off the charts. Again, he's not a perfect prospect. He's got some things he's got to work on, but you know, he's, he's about as good as you're going to get. Like a Caleb Williams is not a great prospect for you. Like I just, I, I don't know what quarterbacks are going to be great prospects for you. You know what I mean? Um, He's got a lot of – he checks off a lot of boxes, in my opinion. The same goes for Drake May as well, and that kind of gets into the second thing here. So let's say, like, for whatever reason, either he – Ryan Poles in the front office has Drake May and Caleb Williams neck and neck or even prefers Drake May slightly. I'm not even opposed to trading down to number two, getting some draft pick capital in return, and just taking uh, Drake May at number two because I do think Drake May's skill set would vibe very well with what Shane Waldron likes to do on offense where – you know, he loves to run a lot of heavy personnel, um, a lot of the play action stuff, attacking down the field, vertical concepts. Like, put Drake May in an offense where he's running a ton of heavy personnel, play action, you know, ripping play action shot plays to the middle of the field and, and down the field. I think that can work very well, you know, to go along with, you know, Drake May. I think he does have some, you know, pretty good baseline in terms of processing and making decisions in the pocket. Um I think they can work out as well. Like, if it were up to me, I think you just stick at number one and take your number one quarterback because the position is too important to get cute with. But I can see the vision here if Ryan Poles really prefers Drake May to move down, get some extra draft picks, and take the guy that you're going to take anyway. 
Where I can't get on board is, and you brought up Jaden Daniels as kind of like the big three. I can't get on board with Jaden Daniels and that being the move. I just can't. And to me, what, what's scary with Jaden Daniels is his profile is very similar to Justin Fields in terms of super athletic dude. Um, not the deep ball passer that Justin Fields was in college necessarily, but a great athlete who developed as a passer as his career went on where he really finally broke out at LSU his final year. But what are some of the traits that kind of held Justin Fields back in the NFL, right? It was very high sack rate um, and converting pressures into the sacks, which Jaden Daniels, his, he's very similar to Justin Fields when you look at their uh, you know, profiles, their analytic profiles in terms of um, you know, converting a lot of their pressures into sacks, which question, you have to question then, you know, what's his press pocket presence like? Does he sense pressure very well? Does he evade pressure very well, despite the fact that he's a great athlete? Um, the fact that, you know, he scrambles often to run and not to throw, which has been kind of a thing with Justin Fields where, you know, he relies a lot on his legs for his production. You kind of get the same thing with Jaden Daniels where he relies a lot on his athleticism once a play breaks down instead of, instead of his arm. And the other thing with Jaden Daniels that just worries me um, is that late breakout, right? He's been starting in college for a long time, but it is concerning to me that he didn't break out as a truly top-tier prospect where people are considering him as a top you know, first-round pick until his fifth year playing in college football where he finally broke out and had that Heisman year-winning season. You know, he's been a fine college quarterback before then, but he hasn't really been considered a, a highly touted prospect until this past year, and that worries me because – if we've seen anything from guys like Kenny Pickett, Zach Wilson, who had years of experience before finally breaking out in their final year, is that those guys don't really work out as much translating to the NFL because you kind of get lost in the hype of that final year and you forget about the entire body of work before that last final season, right? So that's why I'm kind of concerned with Jane Daniels and also the fact that like he has like zero sense of like protecting himself like he just takes at least two or three big hits a game like no regard for his 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 home personal safety which with his build i don't think is going to really work that well in the nfl so that's where i you kind of lose me there with Jaden daniels at number two and the idea of trading down and drafting another quarterback like jj mccarthy or bo nicks like no like just you're getting way too cute with trading down and accumulating draft picks like at at, at some point you got to make a decision on the quarterback and you just got to stick with who your top quarterbacks is and, and take that guy in my opinion. And yeah, you know, those are going to all such valid points. It's, it's worth the distinction that Jaden is good, but there's a significant gap between Jaden's good. Let me rephrase this. He's good for what he did the last two years in college, but there is a significant gap between him as well as Caleb Williams and Drake May, you could almost put this QB class into tier A and tier B, right? Tier A is kind of Caleb Williams and Drake May. Obviously, I think Caleb ahead of Drake by just a bit. And then tier B is going to be your Jaden Daniels slash JJ McCarthy. And so those are instances where I look at and I kind of say, okay, yeah, you know, I don't really see Jaden being a a legit option for this team unless he absolutely blows them away during the combine. 
Yeah, I mean, and that goes into like the whole like you're using this week as due diligence, right? Um, you know, I guess like fortunately or unfortunately, however you want to put it, like um, we're not going to be getting all the quarterbacks throwing and working out at the combine this year, which I don't think changes the evaluation for the Bears. They're going to be all meeting with these guys. I think that's the most important part of this process. But we might as well get into some of the uh, players that will be participating and won't be participating at the at the uh, the combine. The big names are all at the top, really. Like uh, Caleb Williams, Drake May, neither of them are participating at the combine in terms of you know working out and throwing at the combine, which. Some people are, are going to, you're going to get, you know, those on Twitter who are going to, you know, make their hot takes where they're like, well, these guys just don't want to compete. You know, they, this is a red flag to me. But when you really, when you look at the history of a lot of the top quarterbacks that have been taken um, over, I don't know, the last 20 years or so, most of them don't really work out or throw at the combine. You know, it's not a unnormal thing for guys not to work out if they are considered the top consensus guys. And we've got some other guys in other positions that won't be working out as well. Um, Marvin Harrison Jr. He's not working out the combine. Um, Malik Neighbors, who's kind of considered by most to be wide receiver two in this draft, he's not working out the combine. It seems like most of these guys are going to be doing their, their own individual workouts at their pro day, which especially for quarterbacks makes a lot of sense because you're throwing to wide receivers that you're more comfortable and familiar with. Um, so you have a better chance of looking good and, and playing on your own script as opposed to the combine where you're kind of at the mercy of the receivers that you're working with and you know what you know, the NFL coaches there want you to kind of throw and what they want you to kind of um, do in that kind of setting. Um, Whereas you're at a much more comfortable setting at your own pro day, which to me makes sense. The bigger piece of this for me is that, you know, the bears are going to be meeting with these, these guys and getting, you know, probably the most important part of this process, which is, you know, getting to know these guys personally, the personal aspect of, um, the process here, getting kind of a key in on who they are as people. Um, so when you look at some of these big names not being there, you said, you know, what what are kind of your takeaways from that? I mean, I'm not surprised at all for these guys that some of them don't want to come. I think that the league has kind of been trending this way where just like big name prospects skip out bowl games because they have not much to prove. I mean, they kind of start skipping out on some of these combine workouts too. I will also say the pro day is definitely a much more intriguing setting to be able to test out and, you know, get all your numbers and all that really good stuff. So it's, you know, a big situation for me where I look at it and I kind of say, okay, you know, they don't want to kind of do anything in front of the NFL world and the scouts and all that, because they know for a fact, like, Hey, I'm going to do it anyway in a couple weeks at my pro day. And it's also just, they are not trying to go ahead and hurt, you know, their draft stock by any means. Cause for a lot of these high guys, like neighbors, Caleb Williams, Marvin Harrison Jr., Drake May, it does at some point, they also have to factor money into the decision. Yeah, and there's the thing, you never know, like you may, you know, work out here and you may get injured here, right? So it's also a business decision as well. I don't think any NFL team is going to, especially if you're a top prospect like these four are, I don't think any NFL scout or GM is going to, use that against you in their evaluation. If anything, their evaluation of these guys is pretty much done. It's really, again, like I said, just about getting to know them personally and sitting down and talking to them. That's really the important piece for all of this here um, for these guys. So, 
you know, do I need to, you know, do I need Marvin Harrison's juniors 40 times to know that he is a top shelf, you know, borderline generational wide receiver prospect? No, I don't. Do I need that for Marvin for uh, Malik neighbors? No, I, I, I see the explosiveness and the playmaking ability on the field. I don't need to see him, you know, in shorts running a 40 yard dash at the combine. It would be fun. Like I, I do feel like as the, the purest in me, you know, feels bad that we're missing out on that. But in terms of like, what's the best decision for him? Like I, I totally understand, you know, not wanting to go through with that process process there. Um, and then again, again, for Caleb Williams and Drake may, like, I don't need to see these guys throwing at the combine to receivers. They've never thrown to before. Right. Um, because I, I, what's more important is their, the evaluation of them on their tape. Right. And getting, again, getting to know them personally and combining that with what you see from them on film. That's the most important thing in, in this entire thing. And what this does do is that it opens up opportunities for other guys to kind of, you know, put their name in the ring and steal some of the shine here uh, uh, at the combine. Um, so what we can do to, to end this podcast here, if you can go over some of the guys that we're kind of looking forward to at the combine working out this week, you say it, I'll start with you. Who are three guys that you're kind of excited to, to see and who you think is going to really benefit from uh, this week? Yeah, I mean, it is a really intriguing offensive tackle class once you get past Joe Alt and Olufashanu. And again, those guys at this point should technically be top 12 to, I would say, latest top 15 picks. But to me, Taliis Fuega, I'm sorry I'm having issues saying that from Oregon State is a guy that I look at and I say, yes, he can definitely be a riser. You look at everything that he's done in college, you know, being a multi-year starter at right tackle, being a guy who's able to hold up and pass pro, got a really good anchor, is a player who wins with his technique more than anything. So to me, I look at him and I say, you know, some of the technique that he wins with, it's similar to Mitchell Schwartz when he was in Kansas City all those years. The physical build of his game, I mean, I would definitely say he's like a Taylor Decker, for example, who played for so many years with Detroit Lions. He, to me, could also be considered, he doesn't have the athleticism, but could potentially be considered a um, super light version of Pene Suo, actually. So Talis Fuega is a guy that I'm keeping an eye on. And then a couple small school prospects here, but from the University of New Hampshire, you've got running back Dylan Love, again, a guy who a lot of people are high on. You know, I had a Patriots beat writer on the show the other day breaking down what New England's going to do with the third overall pick. And again, Dylan was a name that I consistently heard pop up in terms of they believe he can be the versatile Swiss Army knife, the guy that's going to kind of be your hybrid between a Tony Pollard, but also, you know, a big physical runner, just like Rexburg had used to be. So from the University of New Hampshire, doing love. And then from South Carolina State, it's Ryan Flournoy, who is actually a, I'm sorry, Southeast Missouri State is what it is. But um, Ryan Flournoy is a local Chicago area prospect, graduated from Homewood Flossmore a couple of years ago. You know, he's probably one of the guys that it's, that's at the combine with the most to prove. Again, just a smaller, speedy, shiftier receiver, you know, a guy who can really go ahead and make a name for himself. Yeah, for for me, um, and those are some really fascinating names to w- watch out for this week. Uh, for me, some guys that I'm really looking forward to that I think could really tear up the combine this week. 
I got to start with Chop Robinson out of Penn State. Uh, this guy is a super athlete at the edge rusher position, and he is somebody who um, he's kind of on the borderline between being a first-round pick and an early second-round pick right now. It would not surprise me whatsoever if he goes out there and just tears it up with the workouts, puts up absurd numbers with the 40-yard dash and three-cone drill and all that stuff, and really puts his name up there as a big riser in this draft. Because I look at Chop Robinson, yes, he doesn't really have the production that really stands out. A lot of that is not really his fault at Penn State, just based off the role that he played in and the kind of lack of snaps that he had with the, the role on his defense and the way the Big Ten football is kind of play, where it's a, you know, it's a bruising, you know, run the ball sort of league. And, you know, you have a pure pass rusher like Chop Robinson, he's not going to get as many opportunities to get after quarterback in that setting. But when he did have opportunities, he was extremely efficient, and he kind of showed off the traits that NFL GMs salivate overall because he's got, you know, maybe the best first step in this draft class among edge rushers. He's got lightning quick feet. Um, explosive, explosive athlete. I think he's just going to – I think he's going to put up absurd at the combine this year. Um, like I'm talking like 4-4, like 4-5, 40-yard dash for a guy his size. Um, you know, I think he's going to have a three-cone drill that's going to be up there. I think his explosive number uh, numbers at the jumps is going to be really high. I think this is a week where uh, Chop Robinson could establish himself firmly as a first-round pick. And while I don't think he's going to be the first edge rusher off the board, um, you know, because I, I do think Dallas Turner um, and Jared Verse are going to be kind of considered the top two guys around the league. Laitu Latu, if you're going just off the film, is probably the best edge rusher, most pro-ready edge rusher in this class. But I think Chop Robinson is going to put himself right in that conversation based off of how he tests this week because the dude is an incredible athlete, and I'm really excited to see him put it all together here at the Combine. Um, another guy on the offensive side of the ball, Christian Haynes out of UConn, um, offensive lineman prospect who really did well at the senior bowl when he was there. Athletic guy at that interior offensive line position where I think he's a perfect uh, fit for offenses that love to do that wide zone, um, outside zone sort of run blocking scheme, get their offensive lineman on the move. He's kind of perfect for that based off of, pro- based off of his profile. Um, but I think he's going to be one of the more athletic offensive linemen in the strat. And I'm also curious to see like how they work him out um, in the drills and stuff like that, because he's a very fluid mover. Um, I know he got some work at center as well at the senior bowl, and that might be his best fit um, when you get to the NFL for him uh, instead of playing at, at his more traditional right guard spot. But he's a guy that I'm really keying on for the bears in the second round. And, Honestly, I'm not even sure if he makes it to the second round, or at least to where the Bears could be in the second round if they decide to uh, trade Justin Fields and if they can get a pick in that second round area. Uh, he might be you know, one of the first uh, few players off the board at the beginning of day two uh, because I do think he's got a ton of upside. I like the tape. Um, he kind of has that mentality and physical physicality that Ryan Poles has kind of looked for in his offensive lineman. So, I think he's going to be a guy that the Bears like to want to target here. And speaking of another guy that I think the Bears are going to want to target on day two, Marshawn Nealon, um, a small school edge rusher prospect who um, just really stood out to me when I was watching him. I've, I've been going over his tape a little bit um, over the past week or so um, in my downtime when I can get it. Um, but a big dude, you know, I think he's like 6'4", 275 pounds. He's got 34-inch arms. 
Um, so if you're building a Matt Eberflus, Ryan Pulge, edge rusher in a lab, Marshawn Nealon is kind of that guy. And what kind of you know stood out to me here with him is that he's got very good first step explosiveness based off of what I see from him um, in game um, and a very good ability to convert speed to power. So I'm curious to see um, how that speed and explosiveness kind of translate here at the combine, whether he's going to live up to the way I expect him to test you know, what is his exact size profile? Because you never know with these college football programs, they like to fudge the numbers a little bit. But um, I'm really intrigued by him as a day two guy because he was kind of considered a, a day three prospect, um, but he has slowly gotten his name up some draft boards. And with the big combine here, I think he's going to solidify himself as, if not a day two guy, like he could go as high as a second round because this is not a insanely deep edge rusher class. Um, so that's going to drive some of these guys up the board. He could be a guy that could rise because he's versatile. He's a guy who stops the run very well. He sets a hard edge on the outside. Um, he can convert speed to power on the outside. And he was used as a stand-up rush linebacker at times in college too. So he's got some versatility to where you can line him up as a pass rusher. And I think he's going to be very intriguing for NFL teams. So if he tests really well and he holds up, um, he could see his name really start to get some more attention, I think, for a lot of these NFL clubs and um, a guy that could rise as the process continues to play out here. So those are just some names to kind of look out for, but obviously there's going to be a ton of guys to, uh, to really watch here. Um, you know, there's a lot of super athletes, Roma Dunze. I think he's working out the combine. So if you're looking for the top wide receiver, I I expect him to be, to be working out there and it, it, by all accounts, it sounds like Odunze would absolutely, you know, uh, set the uh, combine ablaze with his workout number. So I'm kind of excited to see um, how he does if he ends up working out. Um, we know about the offensive linemen in this draft class. We know about some of the defensive linemen. Um, the combine every year, I mean, can't be overstated. Like this is like the Super Bowl for, um, you know, well, draft night is the Super Bowl for, um, you know, draft the draft season but and this is a really this is like the uh, a step right below that where it's a big event everyone's going to be there everyone's going to be watching um and every year it seems like you get one or two guys that just absolutely um put up absurd numbers that you just can't believe and so i'm really excited to to see how it all plays out it's going to be a very interesting week and we're going to get more information i'm sure about the bears and where they're at with some of the big decisions that they have coming up here all I know as you say it is that I'm really looking forward to it, looking forward to talking about more draft stuff as the weeks go on here. And, you know, just looking ahead, like we've got some interviews for you guys to check out for if you want to get some um, extra um, information on some of the prospects and um, decisions that the Bears could be making with connections to other teams that you can check out on the Bear Report Podcast Network here at Pixar Polls. And uh, you can check out, you know, obviously some of our work on the Bear Report with scouting reports, but Make sure to tune in to us for for all of your draft um, draft guide stuff because we have scouting reports coming up here over the next few weeks with position breakdowns and stuff like that. Really looking forward to getting into that. And until next time, I, I think it's going to wrap it up here for us today. So uh, make sure to follow us on social media at Pixar Polls and, and the Bear Report at Bear Report on Twitter or X, however you want to call it. You say, where can our listeners follow you and find your work? 
Yes, yeah, so you guys can follow me on Twitter at Usaid Koshal. Um, check out my work on the Bear Report website as well. And like Andrew mentioned, you know, you want to have those notifications turned on for whatever podcast app you're on because, you know, our publisher, Zach Pearson, is doing a series where he's talking to uh, beat writers who cover prospects that were on other teams and then you know i'm doing a special series where i think i've dropped three or four episodes already with a giants vikings as well as falcons and um patriots reporter where you know i go inside could they potentially take a quarterback how does their draft strategy impact the bears so it's a lot of you know really good stuff and then we're gonna have some you know prospects on here in the next couple weeks yeah, a lot of exciting stuff um, with you say what he's got going on, what we've got going on here at the podcast. As for me, you can follow me on Twitter at AJFreeman25. You can find my work on the Bear Report. Um, have a big scout report coming up next on one of these top quarterbacks that we mentioned today. So make sure to check that out in the Bear Report within the next few days. Um, but until next time, Bears fans, have yourself a good rest of your week. Stay safe out there uh, with all the craziness that's going on. Um, but until next time, uh, Have yourself a good time and bear down. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.